Our speaker this evening is Don Johnson. And how many of you known Don Johnson for some years? You should be the ones that introduced Don. You know him well, but I've been here for five years, and I've had enough time to learn more about Don as a friend and a brother in the Lord. Don is a professional gardener, and a very good one at that. And in the light of the fact that he's a gardener, I'm going to pick something that has to do with nature. I really would compare Don to a strong tree, because Don is faithful, he's dependable, he's always there. And all those years I've been here, have you watched him? So faithfully coming to the church, Barb and Don sitting down, and Don goes right into the cradle row room, and he plays all those many years he's played there in that cradle row room, behind the scenes, but meeting such a very, very important need. And when we need people to volunteer to speak, Don said he'd be willing to do that. Thank you, Don. Thank you for your willingness, for your faithfulness. Let's welcome Don as he speaks and shares tonight. A thousand years in jail. Is our topic tonight. I can't help but think of the text in the Bible that says, Behold, they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. And so when I see pictures of nature like that, I'm so happy. But maybe there's a lesson in that, in that Satan is seeking to destroy us, and it gives us an illustration of that. But God is good, and he will keep us. And a thousand years in jail... Truth for today, hope for tomorrow. Jesus is our hope. Our study is about the time period that occurs immediately after Jesus takes us to heaven. Most of us remember as the year 2000 approached, bringing in a new millennium, many prophecies and predictions were made about what would happen that year. Here are some of those predictions. The second coming of Christ would take place. The biblical battle of Armageddon would begin. The Antichrist, when an evil political or military leader would arrive. The tribulation, a supposed seven-year time of great suffering and death, would begin. Or a comet would strike the earth. The earth would be destroyed in a nuclear war. Or a worldwide epidemic would wipe out all life on earth. Other possibilities, Y2K computer bug that would trigger worldwide depression, remember that? And the alignment of the planets, the tilt of the earth off its axis, creating worldwide catastrophe. And all of God's true people would be snatched away from earth in a secret rapture. Well, friends, several years have gone by now. How many of these things have happened? Books have been written, the Left Behind series and has become an instant bestseller based on the idea that Christ's second coming will be in secret, that the saints will be raptured or snatched away from earth to heaven at any time. Should we learn what is just ahead of us by reading tabloid or newspaper predictions? Should we find out God's future plans for this world by reading some man's ideas and men's books? Let me suggest to you tonight that the only reliable source of predictions about the future is just one book. Aren't you thankful tonight that we have a book that is such a reliable source of information about the future? Just one book, God's book, the Holy Bible, the truth, 
the whole truth, nothing but the truth. In that book, we can discover the truth about the events surrounding the second coming of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. From nights past, we have learned that Christ's coming is not a secret. Christ's coming is with dazzling brightness and millions of angels. You will recall that there is no secret rapture predicted in the Bible. Matthew 24:27 says, For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. You see, Christ's coming will be accompanied by splendor, glory, and majesty. All this will occur in dazzling brightness as Christ will come to redeem his children. But what events occur simultaneously with the second coming of Christ? What about the righteous living on earth? What about the righteous who have died in ages past? And what are those wicked people who are living on the earth? Do they stay living after Jesus comes? 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and dead in Christ will rise first. This language is clear. Christ is coming with power and tremendous glory. The dead in Christ rise when? Right. When Jesus comes, those who in ages past have died, believing and loving and serving and obeying God, these saints are resurrected first, then they are caught up to meet Jesus in the air. Just imagine when Jesus comes and the graves are open wide. See the angels place babies in their parents' arms. What wonderful hope we have. The Bible promises in John 5, verses 28 and 29, that we'll be united with family and friends. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Did you notice how many resurrections there are going to be? Two. The Bible says that the resurrection of life comes first, and the resurrection of damnation comes second. The resurrection of life takes place when the dead in Christ rise first. The resurrection of damnation, second. The resurrection of life is at Christ's second coming when Jesus returns with dazzling brightness. The graves are open and the dead in Christ will come out with new life. But what happens to the righteous living? 1 Corinthians verses 52 and 53. We shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 adds, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. At the second coming of Christ, the righteous dead are resurrected and receive new bodies. As they begin their ascent into heaven, the righteous living are caught up with them to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Amen. What about the lost? 
Are they left alive on the earth? The Bible is very plain about this. Second Thessalonians 1 verse 8 says, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Thessalonians 2 verse 8 says, Whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. You see, God is long-suffering and gives sinner opportunity after opportunity. But finally, as rebellious hearts have turned against Christ time and time again, God allows sin to have its final course. The wicked living at Christ's second coming are destroyed by the brightness of his coming. So is there anybody left on this earth? Jeremiah 25:33 answers this question. And at that day the slain of the Lord shall be from one end of the earth even to the other end of the earth. They shall not be lamented, that means sorrowed over, or gathered, or buried. They shall become refuse on the ground. The Bible says those slain will not be buried because there is nobody left to bury them. Planet earth is finally left desolate. The Bible tells us that the millennial period of 1,000 years then begins here on earth. Revelation 20 verses 1 and 2. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who was the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. Notice this is the only place in the Bible that it talks about a 1,000 year period or a millennium. Notice the word millennium is a combination of two Latin words, milli for thousand and annum for years. What does it mean that Satan is bound for a thousand years and, and where is Satan bound? Revelation 20 verses 2 and 3 says, He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil, and Satan and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up and set a seal on him, so that he should deceive the nations no more till a thousand years were finished. But after these things he must be released for a little while. Why can't Satan tempt and deceive the nations? The righteous are in heaven. The wicked are all dead. So who does Satan have to tempt? So what exactly is the bottomless pit? Why is Satan bound for a thousand years? And why after a thousand years is he released for a little while? The answer to that first question is found in the New Testament written in the Greek language. The Greek word for bottomless is abusos. The same word is used to translate the Hebrew in Genesis 1 verse 2. So that in English it describes without form and void. You see, a busos means a place of darkness and desolation. So Satan is bound in chains of darkness on a desolate earth for 1,000 years. You see, for thousands of years, Satan has worked tirelessly to battle against God. He has been unrelenting in his temptations of human beings and in his efforts to spread his disease of sin. But now he is confined to the earth. This is where he will spend the next 1,000 years. Whether he likes it or not, he is in solitary confinement. He will have a long time to think about his fall from heaven and the consequences 
thereof. The Bible says that the earth during the millennium is left dark and desolate. Satan sees all the death and devastation he is responsible for. Even Satan finally acknowledges that the wages of sin is death. Jeremiah 4, verses 23-26 through 26, I beheld the earth, and it was without form and void, and the heavens, they had no light. I beheld the mountains, and indeed they trembled, and all the hills moved back and forth. I beheld, and indeed there was no man, and all the birds of the heaven had fled. I beheld, and indeed the fruitful land was a wilderness, and all its cities were broken down at the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. What about God's people? Where are we during that time? We read that the dead in Christ were resurrected and meet him in the air. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 Remember, Jesus promised in John 14.2 I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I am so grateful that we go to where he is. Then, Revelation 20, verse 6 says, They shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Remember tonight, friend, that you and I are the children of the King of the universe, and we will reign with him. You see, before earth is recreated, we will have a task to do. The Bible identifies this task in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 2 and 3. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? Revelation 20, verse 4 says, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. In heaven, God answers every question that we might have. Questions about our heartaches, sorrows, and disappointments. We'll all be shown that God has done everything he can to save every human being. We will see that God is not responsible for suffering, pain, and evil. It will be clear to all that Lucifer, the evil mastermind, is behind it all. One day we will sing. Revelation 16 verse 7 says, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Let us summarize what happens during the millennium. The righteous are in heaven, and the earth itself is desolate. What happens when the millennium draws to a close? Revelation 20, verses 7 and 8 says, Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations. But you say, I thought the wicked were dead. How would Satan go out to deceive the nations if everyone is dead? Revelation 20, verse 5 but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. Remember how many resurrections there are? Two. Right. For the first resurrection of life is at the beginning of the 1,000 years. And the second, the resurrection of damnation, is at the end of the 1,000 years. You see the wicked dead are resurrected in the resurrection of damnation. Suddenly, the earth is populated again. All the wicked that have ever lived since the beginning of time are alive and on this earth for the close of the age. Here they are summarized. The first resurrection is at the second coming and is for the righteous. The second resurrection is at the end of the thousand years and is for the wicked. Then Revelation 21 verse 2 says, Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, 
prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. We will see the holy city with God's magnificent throne, the cosmic command center of the universe descending to this earth. John says in Revelation 21 verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. They shall see his face. You see, at the end of the thousand years, the holy city descends to this earth. The controversy between good and evil is coming to a close. As the holy city descends to this earth, Satan and his angels are once again at work deceiving the wicked. Come along, we can take the city, they claim. The Bible says in Revelation 20 verse 9, They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. The Bible says in Revelation 20 verse 9, And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The Bible refers to this in Revelation 20:14. This is the second death. Death is no more, because death itself is cast into the lake of fire. I am so happy for the promises of God, aren't you? Promises that say in Second Peter 2 verse 9, The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Here's another promise. Second Peter 3.13 Nevertheless we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Then out of the ashes of this old world, God recreates the Garden of Eden. God will be there to fellowship with us. Now the capital of the universe is on this planet. There is no more sin, heartache, disease, disappointment, or death. The entire earth is recreated at the hand of our Creator. I think of that song, there is no disappointment in heaven. If God can take this sin-filled world and recreate it, make polluted air into pure air, take blind eyes and open them, take deaf ears and open them, then just think what He can do with your life and mine. Whatever your disappointments are, Jesus Christ has his arms open wide. He wants to save you and change your life right now. At earth's final hour, there will be only two classes of people. Those who are saved and those who are lost. Those who love and serve God and those who reject his authority. I trust we will all ask him to help us to reject rebellion and to establish his way in our lives. Amen. Still true, isn't it? The best is yet to come. Praise the Lord. Thank God for this message and the hope that it presents.